we've got something very, very special for you tonight. As you know, we are in the middle of a series that's entitled Kingdom Lenses. And we're talking about seeing the world and seeing life through kingdom lenses. What does it look like when we see really through the eyes of Jesus? What's that do? And you find out that really when you see the world through the eyes of Jesus, what happens is you just can't, you just can't sit around. You, you just can't just passively watch it go by. You, you realize that, hey, I've got to do something. And, uh, and, and at this church, we have so many ministries. I believe we probably have over 100 ministries now. We've got to count them again. But we have so many ministries that are reaching out to hurting people, people who have seen the world through kingdom lenses, through the eyes of Jesus. And they said, we've got to do something. If you would come to one of our staff meetings, on Wednesday, Pastor Luke and I were talking about this upstairs. If you came to a Wednesday staff meeting, it'd blow your mind to hear about all of the things that many churches, if just one of the things that we talked about that, that we do during the week, if we just had one thing that we talked about, most churches would go, that would be great that we did that one thing. We have, we, we can't shut everybody up. We always go long every week with all of the blessings and all of the things that God has been doing in the ministries. Am I telling the truth, staff? It's amazing. We, we, we're spoiled to hear all of, the, all of the things and all the blessings of God and how God is using our ministries and our people to reach this world for Jesus. When you see the need through the eyes of Jesus, you got to do something. So tonight... Along that theme, we thought that we would do things a little bit different. Normally, we have our prayer time right now. This is a house of prayer. We're going to do that at the end, and it's going to be very, very special. But right now, I want you to bring out the chairs. We're going to bring up a panel of people who have seen the world through kingdom eyes, kingdom lenses, okay? And, and we're going to see what they've done and what God is doing through their lives, how he's using them, and then we're going to see what that means to us. Now, some of these people you're gonna know. Come on up, team. Some of these people you're gonna know already. Some of these people you're not. They're gonna be the first time you've seen them. But I want you to give them a hand as they come up. Every single one of our team, we're so proud of them. These are people that lead ministries here at Dream City Church, and uh, they're very, very special. Uh, I'm gonna introduce every single one of them here in a moment. Let me sit in the middle. Thank you so much. I got an applause for sitting in the middle. I so appreciate that. Let's get this where you guys can see us. Go ahead, just sit anywhere. Beautiful. Come on in. Josh. Yes. Angel. Here, Angel, let me change. I want you to sit by your husband. That would be nice. I want to keep my job. That's the whole thing. That's the whole purpose in all of this. Isn't this a great group of people? You know many of them. Let me introduce them real fast. On the end, we have uh, Pam Trudeau, and she is the leader and the CEO of Mom's Pantry. <laughs> Mom's Pantry, which is across the street. We'll talk about it in a moment. And then, of course, we have Debbie Vandenboom, who is involved in our political uh, and abortion uh, help ministry. She has some great, great ministries, but she helps us on the political end as well and is our liaison with the capital. That's what we love about her. And then, of course, we have Josh Chumley. You've seen him up here. He heads up Choices. 
He's the main guy, the CEO of Choices. We'll tell you about it here in a moment, but Choices used to be crisis pregnancy centers. And now he is helping to make sure to uh, be there for women who are making choices to not have an abortion, but to have their babies. And it's an awesome, awesome thing that they're doing. It's a great. The next guy, we don't really know, so we'll move on. Luke and, uh, Skywalker. No, no, here, what's that? Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker right here. <laughs> Pastor Luke. Can we hear it for Pastor Luke? Come on. That he's a part of this. We love it. And then, of course, his lovely bride, Angel. And we love it. We got a standing ovation from one guy back there. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Get a picture of that guy. And that's great. And Angel heads up. In fact, Angel, let me give your title, Angel. She is the... I don't think I have it now. I'm sorry. Oh, yes, it is. The mother of Aubrey and Annalie. Well, that's a great title. But she is the CEO of Dream Institute, which oversees uh, uh, the, the Colorado City Dream Center and also uh, the Pregnancy Center at White Mountains. Thank you. And so, Angel. It's here for Angel one more time. Excellent. This good-looking guy right here is uh, Franklin Santagetti. As pastor, as pastor would call him, Franklin Spaghetti. He doesn't know how to say Santagetti, but we love him. And uh, Franklin is, what a blessing he's been to our church. And, uh, but Franklin is the head of, he and Lisa, his wife. Here's Lisa Santagetti as well. They head up our dream marriage ministry. Many of you are a part of. And then uh, also Franklin is, uh, he heads up our men's ministry, oversees the men's ministry here at Dream City. And uh, he's on staff and you do other things here on staff with marketing, and, but that's not important. He does the men's and the dream marriage. But anyway, let's hear it again for everybody that's up here, okay? All right, now, two standing ovations. I wanna ask some questions of you guys, okay? And, kind of get, so we can all be familiar a little bit with what you're doing, but more importantly is where can we engage? And I want you to get that in your mind right now. Where can we engage? We're looking at the, at the world through kingdom lenses, okay? So let me start with, uh, no, I want to start with Franklin. Let me start with Franklin since right. you're right next to me. Okay. Thank you, brother. Let me ask this. What did you see here, you know, as you came to Dream City, what was it that you saw that in marriages across the board that when you came here, you said, we need to do something about marriages here, not only at Dream City, but in the church and in the world in general? What was it? Well, first of all, the, the thing that has always gripped me is that marriage was established by God as an institution in the garden. And then when you go to the end of the book, that relationship with Jesus is also a marriage. So marriage bookends the entire part of Scripture. And so that became a passion of ours. And we saw, number one, great marriages at Dream City Church that we could build a ministry that could reach out to the other couples who needed help. And so what was important to note is that that marriage is built on the bedrock of the church. And that's really the important connection. Jesus said, on this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So what we see is that 
this institution of a man and a woman built on the bedrock of the church is being attacked. And right now it's being attacked in every form and in every way because marriage and the church, in essence, is the image and likeness of Christ. Mm -hmm. And when you have divorce, you create the image and likeness of the devil. And so what we decided is that we, based on the calling of Pastor Luke, but the calling of God as well, because he saw it in us, I think, before we saw it. Mm -hmm. But we answered that call, and we, with your help, grabbed some couples, and we pulled them together and began building dream marriage here at Dream City Church. And we, to this date, to my knowledge, we've only lost one couple wow. in all that time. And that's our goal, is to build and strengthen marriages through discipleship. And Lisa, won't you just share some of the stats that we see a lot of times to be able to maybe add some color commentary to that question. So we talk about seeing things through kingdom lenses. So we need to look at marriage by a kingdom perspective. And in the world, and they say in the church, uh, one out of two marriages fail. That's 50%. Mm. But we have encouraging news that when you operate your marriage according to kingdom principles, that the couple serves together in church, they worship together, they pray together daily, that number drops to less than 1%. Wow. Wow. That's right. Wow. Less than 1%. So what That's we huge. do with the couples Amazing. and we do together is, is we begin to dig into the Word of God. The Bible is the best marriage manual that you could ever find. And we, and we get those principles, and how do we apply this in today's culture? Because the culture is against marriage the way the Bible has defined it. But we have found the best thing we can do as Christians is have a marriage that honors God. Because people look at that marriage and they say, how can we have that? And that is a door to, to giving the gospel. So the best thing a couple can do and what we encourage in our class is to be those witnesses to the world by how we treat our spouse. It's awesome. Awesome. Now, Franklin, let me ask this real fast. What are we doing? You, you mentioned what you know, you've seen. What are we doing to make that happen? Sure, what we, are some of the things we're doing here? We have a multidimensional marriage ministry. Number one, we do premarital. Just having premarital through our system will reduce the probability of divorce by 30%. Secondly, we have marriage mentors, certified marriage mentors. These are people who have lived some life, have some experience, will go with younger couples when they have bumps in the roads, detours, troubles, things they haven't faced before, and then if they go cross that biblical line and they go into clinical counseling, we have a relationship in the valley that we work with very closely that we have clinical counseling. And then if something is a drastic and they're on the abyss, so the edge of the abyss, we have an intensive, which is a full one day, three day, or five day. And uh, we've used that a couple of times. It saved marriages, and so we use that as well. But the most important thing I think that we do is have our weekly discipleship yeah. class. Yeah. And we have had lesson after lesson. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And it isn't just a series. We have a new lesson every week that Lisa writes. We've had curriculum from last year. We're in our 37th lesson, I think, this year. And so we'll finish our second year with two years of marriage ministry. And everyone that comes to class is encouraged to have a marriage manual. Put these in there because if they read it, they hear it, they write it, they review it, they retain it, they own it. We have couples, we had a couple just get married this last week up in the prayer pavilion. And they, are they, they're right over here. 
Yes, sir. And they've been to our class almost every Sunday, and they review these lessons every Thursday together wow. after the class. And, and so that's the kind of, of, of marriage ministry that we've structured so that we are able to strengthen marriages here at Amen. City and other places. That's awesome. Amen. That's an awesome thing. And then, Franklin, you're involved in men's ministry. Let me just ask real quick. Yes. You've got Forge coming up. Let me give you a chance yes. to tell them because there's so many things that we do for men. We could take the whole night talking about it. Tell us about what's happening with Forge, and I'll give you a chance to invite all the guys to come. Sure. Forge is titled The Making of a Man. Now, the problem with most marriages, as we have seen, is that men are not trained to study the Word of God and become great men, great husbands, great fathers, great workers or or of integrity, and leaders. And so what the Forge is designed to do specifically is to address each one of those relationships. And so we have, for instance, Jurgen Matesius coming in, who will awesome. be, be ministering on uh, yeah, Saturday morning. We have Bishop Dale Bronner coming in from Atlanta, who's been in men's ministry since the 80s. Pardon? In, in Pastor, no, he's not doing Friday. Hey, can you keep your problems to you? to the home there. Thank you. Is this prophetic? Boy, I'm glad we had marriage ministry we talked about real fast here. Having an argument right here on the stage. I'll counsel you later. Go ahead. Now now you see how well I do because I just listened to her. Uh, But we have have Dale Bronner from Atlanta coming in. Uh, We have Sam Rodriguez coming in in the afternoon. And uh, then we have a panel like this of a lot of leaders. We have a military leader. We have a couple other great leaders that we're going to have questions and answers. Pastor Luke is preaching. is opening it up Friday night. Amen. Yeah. And then I'll finish it out. And we have Adam doing all the worship. So, guys, this is a time that you bring not only yourself, but if you have sons, bring your sons. Yeah. Bring your sons. This is a time to make a memory with your son that he'll never forget. He'll hear things that he should hear early on, so bring them and come and be part of the forge. This is what we do. And I'll tell you, I can't thank Pastor Luke enough for having the confidence and faith in tribe to put this together. And we ought to honor that faith and confidence by showing up. Yeah. Putting our money in and show up and be part. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Part of the forge. They have a table out in the lobby, so make sure to go out there and sign up to be a part. Can we hear it for Franklin and Lisa one time? Let's move down to Pam. Pam, who heads up our uh, mom's pantry ministry, which is amazing. Pam, a lot of people I know really don't fully even know what mom's pantry is. Please tell us what goes on and what mom's pantry is all about, what its purpose is. Mom's Pantry is a community food bank. We're located across the street. We've been there since 2013, serving the community every weekend, providing uh, perishables and non-perishables, baby items, hygiene items. And every weekend, people are coming in to come and get food. And recently, we've seen an influx of people showing up. We've already exceeded the number of people that we've helped over 2021. And by November, we're expecting to serve more than our 2020 numbers from COVID. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. And uh, some people, you know, we just drive by and we don't even think about it. But what's happening there is literally changing the lives of people. It all started, I believe, when Angel came up with the, the idea, looking through kingdom lenses, as we keep coming back to this theme, seeing the need 
here in the community with so many people who are hurting, they're trying to get to food pantries, food banks. And, and, and on this side of town, there wasn't hardly anything to help people. And so in all of that, finding people who could partner with her, uh, they started Mom's Pantry. And now Mom's Pantry is literally a juggernaut in this area of town. I mean, all of the food banks are looking to us as we're up here to make a difference in the lives of this community. It's right there. It's one of the great gems right here on the north side of town. Let me just ask this. You give out all this food. You do it every single weekend, Saturday and Sunday. You give out all this food. Let me just ask, how can we engage? How can we be involved in what you're doing? Well, we have to look and see what the Bible says. And in the story where they talk about feeding the 5,000, Jesus says, will you give them something to eat? So that's what we're asking you guys to do. You can bring food. You can host food drives. You can volunteer. You can give financially. We're able to purchase food at a much lower purchase point than you would at Fry's or Safeway, Winco. And so that's how you can give back to Mom's Pantry and help uh, the people in our community. So, Pam, you've had people um, from the church open, uh, do food drives from their business, uh, put containers in there and encourage all their employees to get involved. Talk about how people can do that. Absolutely. So we have barrels. You guys may have seen them over the past few weeks in September. You guys hosted a food drive. Um, A lot of toilet paper came in and peanut butter. We asked for a few specific items. We have um, a whole list of items that we give out every single week. And so when you host a food drive at your office, school, or community group, we take those barrels, we drop them off, we give you flyers, we give you ideas on how to make it successful. Then we come back, pick up the bins, and bring them back, take pictures, put it on social media, I make these certificates, and share about what you guys are doing in the community, through your businesses, through your schools. We do have quite a few bins, and so a lot of schools will have one in every single classroom. And so that's So you're exciting. getting the attention of some movers and shakers. You got a check not too mm-hmm. long ago from a big basketball star. Yes, we did. How about that? <laughs> well, It was a pretty amazing story. Um, One of our volunteers, uh, she worked with another company um, called National Charity League, and she just loved us. They they come quite often to Mom's Pantry, and her place of business also has another location in uh, Georgia, and she was having lunch with Charles Barkley, and he said, I want to give to two food banks, one in Georgia and one in Phoenix, and she said, well, can I give you a recommendation knowing that her friend worked in Phoenix? And so because she had served at Mom's Pantry and enjoyed it, she said, I recommend Mom's Pantry, shared her experience, and so they gave us $50,000. Charles Barkley. Wow. Man. I mean, that's amazing. If God can get a hold of Charles Barkley's heart, he can get a hold of anybody's heart. The round mound of rebound. The round mound of rebound. Pam, you're amazing, and we love you, and we appreciate it. One more time for Mom's Pantry, huh? Angel Barnett. Do you realize Angel Barnett was in my youth group when I came here at Phoenix First Assembly? And I'm only 40 years old, so she's like 30. But uh, Angel, let By me By the just... way, today is Ooh. Angel's birthday. <laughs> It's her birthday. Happy birthday to you. I promise you. Happy birthday to 
Happy birthday, dear Angela Jean. Happy birthday to you. Yes. How awesome. Thank you. That wonderful. Was painful, but I appreciate you it. You are wonderful. Well, your title, you're the direct, you're the CEO of Dream Institute, which oversees uh, Dream Center up in, up in Short Creek. Tell us what's happening. There's so many things that go on all the time. And again, Short Creek, a big story of how we got connected up there. And we probably, I mean, who would have thought that Short Creek would be a place that we would have a Dream Center? We never would have thought that five, 10, 15 years ago. Didn't even know it existed up there, but the need was so unbelievable. And when that need came to us, kingdom lenses, we saw through kingdom lenses, the hurt, the pain that was going on up there. And we had to do something. Again, angel, so sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Angel, you're amazing. Went up there and did something. Tell us what's going on up there now. Right, well tonight's all about everyone getting involved and everything that we're gonna show you in a short amount of time, it's a little journey that we're gonna take you on close to five years is because of everyone that has used their God-given skills to engage. And certainly the staff that is up there that lives this day in and day out and the incredible life change that is happening, is we all get to love and live and breathe this because uh, this is an example of what has happened. Uh, close to five years ago, Brielle Decker, the 65th wife of Warren Jeff, who is the infamous FLDS uh, leader of a town of 14,000 people, um, that when he got locked up in federal prison, dwindled down to about 8,000 people, uh, completely decimated by a socialistic uh, approach to life. And when you take that kind of a leader out of a system, the structure collapses. And Brielle Decker came into our lives through Brian Steele in the Phoenix Dream Center. She says, this is the house that, amen, this is the house that I needed when I escaped and had no one to take care of me. She was awarded this house um, by the state and she granted this house uh, to the Phoenix Dream Center and Brian Steele made good relationships with the bishops of the LDS community in Salt Lake City. They granted us favorable entrance to the town. Um, they were happy that we were gonna come in. They had heard about the Dream Center. Uh, in that beautiful building, we were able to renovate, remodel, uh, let the wives be a part that had been entrapped there, be a part of the renovation of this house. And uh, the most incredible room, most traumatic room that we were able to remodel and bring the wives into was the examination room. And I think that says it all, but we allowed the women to be a part of destroying it, writing their feelings with a behavioral health counselor on the floors, and then build it back up and repurpose that room. The entire house has been repurposed, and, and that's God's house and a place, a safe place for women and children uh, that have been traded um, and traumatized, and, and men as well are allowed to heal there. Uh, our second house was the Mission House. That is a 9,000 square foot house that many of um, people around the nation are able to come and see the community and be able to engage and give back and be a part. They cannot stay in the licensed Dream Center, but this allows us, we had over 500 people come through the Mission House last year. So this is a great gateway 
to being a part of something amazing. This allows churches around the nation to go ahead and support us. The next building was our food bank, and that has been such a bridge and an olive branch of trust is food was used as an abuse to uh, social scores based on your score that week, whether you'd get good food or bad food. That's how the moms were treated. Uh, it took a while for the community to tr know that we were not gonna have strings attached to the food that was being handed out. We were able to do community engagements. We make passing out food fun with music and costumes and life and light. And it, we also do church in our building there. So uh, church has taken on a different approach, knowing that Jesus is, is love with no strings attached Amen. and there's no working Amen. our way to heaven. Good that it is salvation yeah. is free. People are being baptized, they're receiving that. So that food bank building is a huge pillar of light. It was probably our, 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 our biggest benchmark in gaining trust in the community. Um, and then the Lord um, recently blessed us through the Joyce Meyer ministry. They've been incredibly involved. Uh, we're full at the Dream Center with a waiting list, and we approached Joyce Meyer ministry, and we now have a 15,000-square-foot uh, transitional house. That's the next wow. picture. It is under renovation, remodeling right now. We have two families living there. These families are from the community. They went through the Dream Center program. And now they are leaders and staff and are a part of the transitional house. The transitional house is a higher benchmark, amen, wow. where they have a job, they're paying a program fee. We're approaching their uh, job and skill trade and, and looking at independence. Um, and then uh, the last amazing building um, is, you know, Brian Steele's opportunity of a revenue building model. And this is Dream Goods up in Colorado City. We were able to, the, he was able to find an investor that is a 35,000 square foot Amazon distribution warehouse. Amen. This will employ people, give job skill training, driving forklifts and factory. Um, and this will also be a revenue that will um, lower our operational costs for the Dream Center. So we're not about buildings, but what this is to showcase is the favor of God Amen. and tools that pour into lives of people through um, God's, God's grace. And all of this happened through people. People engaged and getting involved in there. It was, it was legislators, it's pilots, it's businessmen, it's people who educate, it's uh, kingdom contractors who put, put all their renovation skills to work, um, people who have a mission heart. There's a place for you up there. We need people uh, to come and, and read books to children. And, and it, all of this incredible ministry, um, we only show you the buildings because it just shows life expansion so let me just say something yeah go ahead yeah. and give yeah. that report praise here tonight let me just say something about about two and a half years ago brian Steele, the director of our phoenix dream center called me and said you know we want to hire your wife you know to run all the operations up in colorado city and back then we had leadership challenges it was it was tough sledding and Angel went up there and recognized right away that this wasn't only about bringing the gospel because this whole town, the whole infrastructure was broken down. They had a sheriff's department that was owned by the former prophet of the fundamental Latter-day Saint Church. And so, you know, they couldn't get anything done with the police in the, in the community. And literally the whole structure of the town had to change. Otherwise, the people could not be helped. 
Uh, if the people would go to the police, the, the young ladies who were trafficked, um, they were owned by the prophet, so, so no relief could be brought. By the time we got there, they had their first, um, I mean, about a year after we arrived there, they hired their first non-FLDS, Fundamental Latter-day Saints, sheriff in the town, and their first non-FLDS mayor of the town. And so the, the place is changing, but, you know, as that church began to take a stand in, in this community back in 2020, God began to introduce us to people who can make a difference up there. And so Angel began to build relationships with our Attorney General, Mark Brnovich, who actually got on an airplane and flew up there and began to see the plight of this town. Uh, Barry Goldwater Jr., the son of Barry Goldwater, he attends our church every week and sits in the front row. Uh, people who know, who know Barry say, how did you get him in church? He's not a church-going man, but God has got a hold of his heart. We got a text tonight. He's having his Barry Goldwater Foundation dinner next week. And he texts us and said, why isn't there prayer, uh, opening prayer for the meal? We got to celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's saying this on the text. So God's done a great work in his life as well. But these people have come up there, people of influence. And they've changed so that now the whole infrastructure is changing up there. The, the sheriff's department's being funded up there. They're getting the fiber optics in there to, to communicate properly. So this is not only bringing the gospel. The gospel changes hearts, we know that. But it's also all about changing the infrastructure of an entire city. And friends, it's happening all around us. And we're so grateful for all your hard work and bringing these... Uh, people to the city who can make a difference. It's paying off, there's no doubt. I mean, she works harder than anybody I know. It's almost scary. And uh, you're Tell amazing, me about Angel. It. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask, here's the deal. And I know that the men's ministry, they go up, tribe, they go up every month to help out up at, at Short Creek. And, uh, but it, it, it is, is there other ways that people can engage up in Short Creek before we move on to uh, yes, White Mountains? Absolutely. I'm always available to talk to, but uh, shortcreekdreamcenter.org will be a website. You could put your inquiries and requests in. Kingdom contractors, men or women who want to go up and use their skill sets, we're under renovation right now. Apprenticeships. If there's a summer, a college students that want to put in um, hours and, and, and months into um, exploring behavioral health counseling and, and being a part of a social um, a circumstance like this, it's a great place to get involved. Educators, it's such a valuable thing. Um, there, there's RV hookups. You could drive up there and hook up and live there for a few months. It will change your life because there's so much love from the community that back to you that you will not that you would not maybe expect. Yeah. So, um, and honestly, on uh, a business aspect, as we're heading into the fourth quarter, you know people, businesses, looking for tax write-offs. We have specialized care and services that not all of us can bring to the table that we have to pay for. And so please use your circle of influence and share with us, you know, people looking for places to give to. This is a Christ-centered great opportunity to give to. It is. Angel, let me ask you one more thing. Uh, I, I mentioned you do, she does Short Creek, but also you have the White Mountains. Briefly, tell us what's going on. It's a brand new thing that's happening up there, and it kind of segues us into, into the next part of what we're doing. Tell me about it. What's going on? Um, we have been blessed to be now um, invited to an arena that allows the Dream Center to take on a strict pro-life 
environment, a home, and three pregnancy clinics, one on the reservation, the only one in the nation. This home is a place for women who go to a pregnancy um, resource clinic and, and decide to keep their baby but don't have the family or infrastructure to um, support that decision. Well, we have a home then that they can come into like a dream center and, and have a house parent. We emulate family, a husband and a wife. They're able to see this is, this is what structure, this is yeah. what a house feels like. This is what a family feels like. And we walk them through um, bringing new life into the world, stabilizing them after. But honestly, this is new for dream center to be just strictly pro-life. So being able to have partners um, in Josh Chumley and being able to pour into uh, what is a good PR see clinic look like and how can we better so we are really uh, making an impact but we're uh, in a learning stage right now and Josh is really coming alongside of us that's awesome and anybody do you need help up there is there ways that people can come alongside what can they do? You need clothing? Do you need food? You Baby need clothes. We yeah. have a, um, a thrift store that is able to support the operation up there, too. So we're looking for, um, you know, a, a advocates for patients. That takes some training. Nurses and different things. And I know it's distance and it's located, but some of you have homes up there in, in the summer. Lucky you. And... <laughs> Lucky for you. So, you know, you could give um, time during the summer or introduce us to people who do yeah. have homes up there and let them know about this specific ministry that's impacting their community. Amen. That's awesome. Can we just hear it for what's going on with Angel? This is incredible stuff. You don't even know these things are happening and they're life changing. I mean, this is going to affect the entire Indian reservation up there. And, and I'm telling you, every one of us, God, uh, God's got something for us to do. That takes us over to Josh Chumley, which, what a blessing Josh has already been to this church. He's been around for a long time, but Josh, tell us, he's the head of Choices, and uh, tell us a, a little bit about what's going on with Choices right now, and there's a lot of new and exciting things, and this kind of links with what Angel was talking about as we get into saving babies What's happening here in Arizona and what's happening with you guys on the baby front? We believe that women deserve better and babies deserve a chance. There you go. Three years ago, my sister came to me, my little sister, and she looked me in the eyes. She said, 10 years ago, I had an abortion. Mm. We're pastor's kids. Mm. My parents took her to the clinic. This is real. Yeah. yeah. This is at home. And so when we talk about women deserving better, yeah. they deserve better than what culture and health care and the church is giving them. Not this church, but the church at large. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we talk about that there are 63 million aborted children, there are also 63 million widows. Why, Why widows? Because it's loss. And the culture says you don't deserve to grieve. But what does James 1.27 say about yeah. pure religion in the sight of God? Amen. To take care of orphans and widows. That's, That's what Choices is doing. We are doing it every day through these types of things. Free pregnancy tests. Free ultrasounds. And it's not just jelly on a belly. These ultrasounds are looking for issues inside the woman's body. We are advising them. We are doing STD testing. 
We are expanding our STD clinics to even capture. We want to become the rival for Planned Parenthood in this state around sexual health. Yeah. So we are expanding. And I, the most important thing that you need to hear from me is we do provide free services. We do provide progesterone injections and pills when they've taken the abortion pill that is going to kill their child. As long as we get to her within 72 hours of that first pill, we have progesterone in the clinics because we have medical doctors right there to give it. And we've seen two babies saved in three months with the abortion pill reversal. A greater love for Phoenix. That's why we do what we do. We are unashamed of the gospel. Getting involved looks like when you volunteer with us every week, because that's what it takes for the women to come volunteer with us. Four and a half hours. You go even through evangelistic training. You learn how to witness to these girls. Because while I strongly believe that we are the hands and feet of Jesus, we are the eyes of Jesus. We look at those women and those men that are walking in, and we just sit with them. The volunteers at our clinics don't just push around paper. They are the first person that meets with these women. The first person. You get to go into ultrasound rooms. Yes, you're taking urine tests. That's not very fun. (laughs) There are medical things happening all throughout the week, and we're opening on nights and Saturdays. We have baby boutiques in all three locations. And a drum roll is this, that we're opening the fourth pregnancy center because of this church. There will be a boutique there. There will be ultrasounds happening there. We are on a mission right now to raise another $200,000 to open that clinic. That we are so close. And the coolest part of it is, is that we weren't searching for this. I got a text from Angel, and usually when I get that, I'm like, okay, here we go. (laughs) We walked the space with Brian Steele at Dream Center. He goes, we've got this lease. We're not doing much with it. We may. This used to be a pregnancy resource center. Do you guys want to do something? And Debbie said, yeah, we do. (laughs) Debbie's on the choices board, by the way. So you can see it on the map, that North Phoenix Clinic. And I am praying that we open this by November 14th. Pray with me. Amen. So let's get practical. I want you all to take out your phones. Come on. I'm going to force you to do this. I want you to go to Choices. We're going to flood the site right now. They're going to wonder what's going on. Choicesaz.com. Go ahead. You're not doing it. (laughs) I want you to go to Get Involved. Under Get Involved, there are a list of ways to get involved. I want to call out the most basic thing we should be doing as fellow believers in the body, which is praying. You go to that prayer page. We have a prayer guide for you. What to pray for. We are praying for the Supreme Court. We are praying for the women and babies and families in our communities. We have every other month, we have prayer webinars for 30 minutes where pastors from around this valley are leading prayer around life. The next thing is volunteering. I've already told you some of the ways you can volunteer with us. Baby boutiques, to ultrasound, to advocacy on the front lines. And then there's giving. We are solely donor supported. We don't get the, the, the money bags from the government, nor do I want to. We're not going to be Planned Parenthood in that way. But we need the body of believers to stand up. And I believe the body of believers gets asked for a lot of cash. But I need to tell you this. I've never been in a church that shows that we put the cash into ministry. We put it to work. We do what we say we're going to do. You can come into our center and get a tour anytime you want. 
and we will take you into these ultrasound rooms. Come by the table out there. We have baby models where you can yeah. see that's a 12-week-old baby. Yeah. It puts things in perspective. Right. And so I've taken too much time. No, you're good. Uh, That's awesome, fired up. Josh. Yeah. So thank you for Let's the support. Let's hear from Joyce's. Fired up. Have the table out in the lobby. Check them out. I want to go over to Deb real fast. Deb, you're going to close this thing down. So just let us know. There, there's so much. You gave some statistics even the other day. As we talk about abortion, he mentioned that there are widows. And there are women that, are, that, are shame, that feel shame. The church is... The, the numbers in the church of people and women that have had abortions is the same as out in the world. So many, even here tonight, have. And, and, and we don't want them to feel that. Jesus doesn't condemn them now. And, and, and they need to feel, how, how are we ministering? How are we reaching those ladies? Yeah, so just like what Franklin was saying about the, the divorce rate being the same in and out of the church, the abortion rate, unfortunately, is the same in and out of the church as well. Um, and if you think about it, it makes sense because it's one sin to cover up another sin, right? They don't want to be discovered as having had sex and so getting pregnant, and so the sin of abortion covers that first sin up. Um, we, it, it's interesting, we're talking about seeing things through kingdom lenses, and I actually got involved in all of this. It's funny how God leads you down a path, but... Um, I got involved on the political end 20 years ago, and God really just rocked me to my core over this issue in a way that if you ever catch me in a hall, I'll tell you the story. But um, So I, I really was involved in trying to make sure that we were electing pro-life um, pro politicians, following bills at the Capitol. And one day I was standing in here, and I, God just spoke to me that, what are we doing at the church to minister to these women? Because we, the church should be a place where women, when they're pregnant, when girls are pregnant, or if they've had an abortion, that they run to the church and not away from the yeah. church. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so God just really, I, I just said, okay, here I am. You know, what do you want me to do? And don't ask that question unless you, <laughs> you're willing to do it. Because it's been quite a journey for me. But I have had literally, I mean, and talking about the home, Angel, right? We For years, 12 years ago, this was 12 years ago, it was in 2010, um, that I first started out doing pro-life ministry here. And I, I mean, I would, we would have girls that were homeless, that were living in their car. And this was before the Phoenix Dream Center, before we had the pregnancy centers. And I'm trying to find places for these girls to go. I would have girls call me. I'm in a park. My boyfriend kicked me out, you know, with a two-week-old baby. Um, just working with women who were pregnant and who had come out of gangs. Who, I mean, you know, it's this stuff that Perry says, sees on Adoptive Blog, right? This is what we were dealing with. And then we started doing post-abortive um, Bible studies. And one, it used to be one in four. It's now closer to one in three women have had an abortion. And you don't know who they are, I guarantee you. They're, most of them do not talk about it. They don't, they don't talk about having had an abortion because the enemy baits you into doing things and then th tries to beat you up with guilt and shame over that thing that you did. It's just the pattern of what Satan does. And, and, and abortion is one of those things that's just very raw and very um, painful for women to even admit. I mean, I can't, I have talked to, I, I, I'm going to say hundreds of women over the last 12 years who've told me their abortion story. And many of them start with, I've never told anyone this before. Wow. Um, and they've never had a place. I mean, we've had women come through that have had decades ago had an abortion, and they never talked to a single person about what they went through. 
And so we have a Bible study. Um, we do it periodically throughout the year. We'll do another one after the Christmas season is over. We'll have another one. Um, but it's a nine-week Bible study just dealing with those specific issues of grief and regret. And like Josh said, you know, women have had an abortion and they're grieving, but they feel like they don't have the right to grieve. They feel like they don't have the right to feel sad and feel regret. But God wants them to be healed. Um, and one of, the, one of the most powerful things that I had a young woman who actually got saved during the group. I mean, she, I, she met me on Instagram. I, I, I don't know what goes on because I'm old for Instagram. But, but for whatever reason, girls do talk to me on Instagram because I offer. I offer to talk to them, and they, they DM me, and we have conversations. I've talked to girls who just took an abortion pill. They already regret it. Within the first 24 hours, they regret that they took this pill and they don't know what to do. And so there's an opportunity, if you're willing, to be a voice, to get educated. I knew nothing. I'm telling you, I knew nothing about this when I started. But I saw what God wanted me to do and just stepped in knowing nothing and said, okay, I'm going to be a vessel and you just lead me what you want me to do. So any one of us can do that in whatever area you're feeling called to do. But um, we had, you know, th these girls that have regret, and so many of them don't ever talk about it, but they, can, they find healing. And this one girl that had reached out to me, she was in another state, and ended up getting saved during the group, but she told me that finally now my abortion and my children, because she'd had three abortions, are now separated. I can, I can know that I have children in heaven, and, and, but that, that, that's not connected now to that abortion anymore. I can, I can be at peace with where my children are, that they're with Jesus, that I have peace, I have restoration. And these are stories that we hear over and over again doing this. And so there's so many opportunities with that to just be a voice, talk about it, learn, um, and be, there's opportunities here, right? If you see someone that's a single mom that's struggling, we have a single moms group. We've got lots of opportunities of, of ways to help other women because it's not just about that the birth, right? It's they're going to be a single mom for a long time, potentially, and to, to walk alongside. And I'm so Amen. thankful for all the ministries that we have here because we're able to surround them and build a community around them and be that for them. Amen. And she has, yeah, isn't that amazing? Can we just thank God for Debbie? And, and she has a table so people can get engaged. Also, let me just mention another thing. If people also, those of you that are here, maybe ladies that are here, statistically, there's a bunch of you. Yeah. that have had abortions. And let me just tell you, talk to Debbie. Yeah, and I, I, with Debbie. I have a couple that's women here too here. tonight who've been through the group who are willing to talk to women Absolutely. as well. So if that's you, you're, willing to, you, you're welcome to come talk to me and I can connect you even with someone who's been through the Bible study that can share their experience with you as well. Can we hear it for this entire panel up here? <laughs> Pastor Luke, why don't you close up and just tell us what's ahead. What are we looking at? Why don't you all stand to your feet? You've been sitting for just a little while. I'll let the panel be seated here. Thank you guys for your time and for all that you're doing for the kingdom of God. In just a moment, we're all going to come forward and fill the front, as is our custom on Wednesday nights. We're going to pray together. Boy, we have a lot to pray about, don't we? We need God's touch upon our ministries. We need God's touch upon the finances to finance all these ministries. People ask me, how in the world do you pay for all these ministries? Because we're doing things that churches just don't do. And I say, I don't know. We don't just need miracles. We are a miracle. I mean, it's just, it's amazing how God just continues to keep this thing going all the time with all these ministries. But, you know, when I was called to the ministry many years ago, 
I just wanted to be a relevant church. I, I just wanted to speak to culture. I wanted to speak to the issues of our day. I was highly impacted by Bill Hybels at Willow Creek Community Church, and they've had some struggles uh, throughout the years. And by the way, let me just say this. I don't judge people on a moment of indiscretion in their life. I think when you view a man or a woman, you ought to view them on the totality of their life and not just a, a season of indiscretion that they made. So, But I was highly impacted because I, they were speaking to the relevant issues of the day. And I thought to myself, if I'm going to give my life to something, I want to be relevant. I want to speak to the relevant issues of the day. And I, I believe we've done that. But that's not enough. It is not enough just to be relevant to the world all around us. I think there comes a time in the life of a church that they move from relevance to revolutionary. From relevance to revolutionary. See, relevance talks about the need to provide spaces for ladies who've had an abortion. That's relevance. Revolutionary opens a PRC clinic to help them. Relevance talks about the hunger problem in Phoenix. Revolutionary actually starts a dream center and feeds people and clothes people. Relevance talks about the need uh, to overcome and end human sex trafficking. Relevance buys some property, puts your money where your mouth is, and asks you, asks you rescues ladies from human sex trafficking. All, we, we, I could list a hundred different ways now that this church, you people, are not just talking about the issues, but we're, you're, you're changing things. It's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to put good old-fashioned shoe leather to it and get something done. So we're going to pray tonight because I, the, the church I see is a church that takes care of the ills of society far better than the government ever could. And that's what's happening here at Dream City Church because of you. Because of you, I don't want to just be a church that comes together and teaches the Bible and pray, hallelujah, praise the Lord, and walks out and doesn't do a darn thing, excuse me, a, a thing about helping the Lord. I, I really get fired up when I say that. I mean, I want to be a church that makes a difference. When I give my tithes and offerings, I want it to make a difference in our city. And you, you can see it happening all, all around us. I'm so excited about what I heard tonight. I just want to jump off the stage right now. But I got all this hardware on my hip. And I don't want my break on me. But uh, So we're going to pray now. Come forward right now. Let, let's all come forward tonight. If you're new here tonight, this is what we do. We come forward and we just touch heaven to change earth. We touch heaven through prayer to change things on earth.